Act One of The Fairy Lady by Pedro Calderon de la Barca. Translated by Henry Richard Vassal Holland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae. Don Manuel Enriquez. Read by Adrian Stevens. Don John de Toledo. Read by Greg Giordano. Don Luis de Toledo, his brother. Read by Todd. Cosmo, Don Manuel's servant. Read by Jake Militia. Rodrigo, Don Luis's servant. Read by Alan Mapstone. Donna Angela, sister of Don John and Don Luis. Read by Sonia. Dona Beatrice. Read by Abai. Isabella. Donna Angela's maid. Read by Wendy Katz Hiller. One of the ladies. Read by Sanite Warrington. Stage directions. Read by Jim Hedrick. Scene Madrid. Act One. The Street. Enter Don Manuel and Cosmo in traveling dresses. I'm sorry to find we arrived too late to see the shows, which were this day to be exhibited in honour of our young prince's christening. Ay, sir, many a good thing has been lost before now by a man's coming an hour too late. But if we have lost the shows, in the devil's name let us take care we don't lose our lodging into the bargain. Methinks it will be a sight rare enough to see this friend of yours who has offered to provide us with bed and board, as if he had dropped out of the clouds on purpose for our accommodation. Ah, Cosmo, if you knew the generous temper of Don John de Toledo, and the strong friendship which he bore to me, you would not be surprised at this instance of his kindness. We loved each other in our childhood. Together we pursued our early studies, and at a riper age, we both bore arms together in Piedmont. When the Duke of Ferrier honoured me with the command of a troop, I gave my colours to Don John. Soon afterwards, he was dangerously wounded in a skirmish. I bore him off the field in my arms and lodged him in my own tent till his cure was completed. Me, therefore, next to God, he is always considered as the preserver of his life and not confining his gratitude to simple acknowledgments, he no sooner heard of my intended journey hither to thank his majesty for the government with which he has been graciously pleased to recompense my services than he wrote me a most pressing letter to insist that I should seek no other lodging than his house. And if you had not left your horses at the other end of the town, you might have been there before now. You know I chose to leave my horses and baggage at an inn, for while the streets are so crowded with the people who are returning from the palace, I should not have found it very pleasant to ride along, inquiring my way. Had I been in time to see the rejoicings... Enter Donna Angela and Isabella, veiled. Oh, sir, if you are a gentleman, as your air bespeaks you, defend a woman who throws herself on your protection. My honour and my life are forfeit if I am overtaken or discovered by the person who comes yonder in pursuit of me. 
by all that is dear to you i conjure you to save a lady of no mean rank from such a misfortune such a disgrace and perhaps some day but i must fly adieu adieu exeunt donna angela and isabella very hastily was this a lady or a whirlwind was there ever so strange an adventure what will you do is that a question to be asked as a man of honour what can i do but protect her from the misfortune and the disgrace she dreads i suppose the man who pursues her must be her husband and how shall you stop him i will endeavour first to detain him on some plausible pretence and if that avail not i must have recourse to my sword if you want a pretence leave the matter to me i have a scheme shall serve your turn let me see what i have done with the letter which i brought for a man in this town feels in his pocket and takes out a letter enter don luis de toledo and rodrigo i am determined i will know who she is if it be only because she takes so much pains to avoid me make haste and you will presently overtake her cosmo approaches them while don manuel stands aside pray sir if i may make so bold as to speak with your honour will your honour be so kind as to read for me what is written upon the back of this here letter that i may know an it please your honour where i must come for to go for to carry it away fellow i have not patience to stop just now cosmo holding him back oh sir if your honour wants nothing but patience that need not make any odds for i have abundance of it and i shall give you half be gone i say don manuel looking after donna angela how long and straight this cursed street is she is not out of sight yet now do pray your honour be so good so death fellow i'll break your head if you pester me much more for that very reason sir i'll only pester you a little more i can bear it no longer away i say beats him it is now time for me to interfere coming forward sir this is my servant and i desire to know in what manner he can have offended you to authorize the liberty you take in treating him thus roughly sir i never satisfy persons who question me in that authoritative tone and therefore i wish you good morning if i think satisfaction necessary sir it is not your arrogance that shall induce me to depart without it the question in what manner my servant had offended or injured you might have been well entitled to a more courteous answer and it were a disgrace to the spanish court that the first occupation of a stranger like myself in madrid should be to teach good manners to gentlemen who dwell there who shall dare to think that i require instructions this controversy were more fitly decided by our swords you say well they fight how devilishly fond of fighting they must be they fall to it so naturally as it were come sir draw your sword and let us have a touch at it too 
Oh, sir, my sword is a modest young lady, and she don't like to show her face before so many gentlemen in the public streets. Enter Don John, Donna Beatrice, and Clara with veils, trying to detain him. Do not hold me, Beatrice. You shall not go. See, it is my brother who is engaged. Breaking from her. Ah, uh, me. Faints. Don John drawing his sword brother behold me at your side hold don john your arrival instead of encouraging me to continue the combat obliges me to break it off a noble stranger you must be well convinced that he who while alone feared not to encounter you can have no unworthy motives for sheathing his sword when a friend's is drawn in his support I have too strong a sense of honor to engage any man at a disadvantage, but especially one who has shown so high a spirit and so much valor. Adieu. Your generosity and bravery demand my esteem, but if any further scruples remain in your mind with regard to what has passed between us, you may depend on finding me whenever you may desire it. Very well, sir. What is it? that i see and hear don manuel don john my mind is suspended between joy and apprehension what cause can have occasioned so desperate a quarrel between my brother and the friend whom i have always esteemed as such the cause was only that this gentleman chose to take the part of his servant who had accosted me impertinently and provoked me to chastise him if that be all i may without scruple embrace the friend of my heart brother this is don manuel the noble guest by whose presence our house is to be honoured at my request let your quarrel be forgotten or only remembered that the experience it has afforded you of each other's valour may create in your minds a mutual esteem before i express my joy at seeing you don john my admiration of the noble spirit of don luis impels me to make him the offer of my best services sir i shall henceforth be proud to call myself your friend and i am only grieved at my own dullness in not knowing you sooner since I might well have recognized the sword of Don Manuel in the valor which wielded it. Yours has not left me without a mark of your prowess, a wound in this hand. A thousand times rather would I have received it myself. How civil they are all grown now. Come instantly to have it dressed, Don Luis. Pray do me the favor to stay and attend donna beatrice to her coach and excuse me to her for thus abruptly leaving her come don manuel i will conduct you to my house i might more properly term it your own where immediate care may be taken of your wound oh tis a mere scratch do not delay i attend you don luis aside how devilishly provoking it is that I have thus lost all chance of discovering who that lady was. My master has got no more than he deserves, 
since he must needs set up for the Don Quixote of he knows not whom. Exeunt Don John, Don Manuel, and Cosmo. Don Lewis, approaching Donna Beatrice. All danger is now over, madam. I entreat you to dissipate the fears which have thus overclouded your beauty with a mortal paleness. Donna Beatrice, recovering. Where is Don John? He entreats you to excuse his departure, since he was under an indispensable obligation to attend a friend, and to provide for the cure of a wound. A wound? Alas, is Don John wounded? Do not alarm yourself, madam. If my brother had been hurt, you would not see me here thus calmly. He has received no wound. Let me not, therefore, have the pain of seeing you uneasy. For, alas, you know but too well how deeply my heart is interested in your welfare. Enough, Don Luis. I must hear no more of this. You are not ignorant how much I am displeased with compliments of this nature. I am obliged to you for the attention you have shown me, but I have already often told you that my heart is too far engaged to your brother to allow me to receive the addresses of another. If that which is the most rare be also the most valuable, you may thank me for my plain speaking, since in this court there is nothing which is less frequently to be met with. Good morning to you, Don Luis. Exeunt, Donna Beatrice and Clara. Adieu, madam. What a devilish unlucky fellow I am, Rodrigo. Nothing I undertake goes well with me. If I see a fine woman in the street, and want to find out who she is, a fool and a duel come across me, and the deuce take me if I can tell which of the two is the worst. If I fight, up comes my elder brother to claim my enemy for his friend. If he charges me with a message to his mistress, that mistress is the very girl who knows I am dying for her myself and therefore claims the privilege of using me like a dog. I think they have all conspired together to drive me mad, women and brothers and friends and enemies. I'd lay a bet now I could guess which of all your troubles it was that went nearest to your heart. That you could not. I don't believe that anything vexes you so much as to find that Don John has been beforehand with you in gaining the affection of your cousin, Donna Beatrice. You are very much mistaken. What is it, then? If I must speak seriously. But mark me, Rodrigo, I say this only in confidence to you. That which the most displeases me is to see my brother so careless of the honor of his family as to receive this young gay officer as an inmate in his house, when he has under his care our only sister, rich and beautiful, and still under age, though the widow of an old governor. Hitherto we have both been so observant of the decorum due her situation that she has lived in a perfect seclusion from all the world except Donna Beatrice, who visits her as a relation. But some infatuation seems now to have seized Don John. But now really, sir, 
craving your pardon if don manuel does not know that there is such a lady in the house i don't see that any great danger can result from his being under the same roof with her you know that donna angela has never stirred out of her own chamber since first she came to madrid on her husband's death to settle the affairs which he had left in such confusion and that taking no pleasure but in the indulgence of her grief she will be less than ever disposed to show herself when she hears of the new guest entertained by your brother besides you are not unacquainted with the precautions which have been taken to prevent his even suspecting that there are any other rooms in the house than those into which he was admitted you know that a door has been broken from donna angelo's apartment into a different street while the passage by which it communicated with the rest of the house has not only been fastened up but the door which opened from that into the chamber designed for don manuel has been concealed on the inside by a glass buffet so artificially placed that it is impossible he should suppose that there was anything behind it but the solid wall a pretty security you give me for the honour of my family when you tell me that it is to be defended by a frame of glass which the first blow would shatter to pieces. Exeunt. Donna Angela's apartment. Enter Donna Angela and Isabella. Here, Isabella, give me back my hood. Wrap me up once more in my winding sheet, since it is the will of my cruel destiny to bury me thus alive. You had best make haste and get your weeds on, for fear your brothers should come for it would be enough to betray you at once if he saw you with any part of the dress which you wore when he so unluckily met you at the palace mercy upon me i am sure they will be the death of me if they keep me here much longer mewed up in this dungeon where no ray of the sun can ever enter and where not even the wandering moon can boast that she has beheld me weeping my fortunes much have i gained indeed by my deliverance from an old crabbed husband if i am thus to be wedded to two brothers from whom i endure a double tyranny and am forced to conceal as carefully as i would a murder i had committed the heinous crime of having ventured in my veil as far as the palace to see the shows which the whole city was crazy after and yet i am sure there was no harm in gratifying an innocent curiosity alas alas my cruel stars but indeed madam you ought not to think it extraordinary if when your brothers see you so handsome so young and so accomplished they judge it necessary to take every particular care of you for no ladies are in so much danger nowadays as your young widows and especially here at court i am sure i cross myself many's the good time when i meet some of them in the street so flounced so patched and so painted and with such pretty devout airs and all the while so agog after every young fellow they see but however madam we may keep this subject for another time for we have not yet talked about the gallant stranger whom you accosted in your flight and appointed the champion of your honour i believe you are a witch isabella you have divined the very thing upon which all my thoughts were employed 
to tell you the truth i am full of anxiety about him for before i reached the end of the street i heard i am sure i did the noise of fighting and it came into my head though i know nothing could be more unlikely that perhaps he might have taken up my cause so much in earnest as to have drawn his sword in my defence i was certainly mad to engage him in such a quarrel but when a woman is frightened out of her wits how is it possible she can consider consequences i know not whether we have the stranger to thank for it but certain it is your brother followed us no farther break off here he comes enter don lewis angela brother you seem disturbed what is the matter has anything vexed you a man who is jealous of his honor is never without vexation donna angela aside mercy upon me he must certainly have discovered me that which grieves me the most sister is to see how little respect is paid to you isabella aside now we shall have it my dear brother am i the cause is it not cause enough that i have seen you what will become of me so little regarded by my brother is that all that when you are come to madrid on so melancholy an occasion he adds by his own indiscretion to the inconveniences of your situation i think i must have had some secret foresight of the vexations which this guest of his is to occasion me for at our very first meeting i wounded him without knowing who he was how has that happened why sister i walked this afternoon to the palace to the court enclosed for the public exhibitions and there i found a circle of gentlemen whom i knew diverting themselves with the conversation of a lady in a veil whose wit had struck them all with admiration but from the moment that i joined their party she was silent and not another word could they draw from her this appeared so odd that one of them asked her why my presence had thus struck her dumb she would return no answer but drew her veil closer and closer and on my pressing nearer to find out whether she were any lady of my own acquaintance she fled i followed her along several streets and observed that she looked back at me every moment with the appearance of the utmost terror this rendered my curiosity so much the more eager and i continued my pursuit till a fellow stopped me who as i afterwards found was the servant of this new guests of my brother's and asked me to read a letter for him and i really think he had some design to hinder me from overtaking the lady for i had observed her speak as she passed him and though i told him i was in a hurry he persisted in plaguing me he put me in a passion and i said to him i know not what upon that up came the master mighty fierce and soldier-like to take the servant's part my sword was as ready as his and to tilting we fell but we were presently interrupted and so the affair ended it might really however have proved a very serious one oh the wicked woman to lead you into such danger what a set of good-for-nothing shameless creatures to swarm in this town 
i'll answer for it she only pretended to run away that she might draw you after her you know very well brother how i have preached to you for days and days together and warned you not to go after those vile wretches who would bring both your body and soul to destruction how have you employed yourself this evening sister i seldom do anything but sit here by myself and weep has my brother been with you not since the morning i have no patience with his inattention to you do not vex yourself about that but consider that it is the wisest way for us both to remain on good terms with him you know he is our elder brother and we both live at his charge nay sister if you can reconcile yourself to his conduct i am sure i may who have no reason to complain of it but on your account so to convince you that i have no design to quarrel with him i will take the surest way to please him and try to restrain my ill-humour sufficiently to make some handsome compliment to his friend exit well madam after all the fright don lewis has put you into what have you to say to the news he has told you what do you think of having the very man who saved your life lodged under the same roof with you nay more wounded in your cause i suspected it all isabella the moment my brother mentioned the wound and yet though he told the whole story so clearly i protest i can scarcely persuade myself to believe it it seems so improbable that a stranger the very moment of his arrival in madrid should thus find himself beset by a whole family that he should be engaged to protect the sister to fight with one brother and to lodge with the other no positively i will not believe it till i see it with my own eyes if nothing less will satisfy you than ocular demonstration what will you say to me if i contrive to give you a peep at him nay more than a peep you are crazy isabella how can that be possible when you know he is lodged at the other end of the house very well but is there not a passage which leads from your apartment to his you need not look so much alarmed it is not that i have any wish to see him but really out of mere curiosity i must hear what scheme can possibly have come into your head though you talk so confidently i cannot think you are in earnest don't you know that your brother has had a glass buffet put up in his guest's room to conceal the door oh now i comprehend you you think that we might bore a little hole behind the glass and so look through and see the stranger i have a better scheme than that have you pray let me hear it then you must know that the buffet not being intended to remain there after the departure of this guest is only slightly fastened to the wall with hooks of this i was yesterday very near having fatal experience for your brother ordered me to clean it and as i had climbed on steps for that purpose i happened to push it too strongly the hooks gave way and down it tumbled and i with it i am sure it was a wonder that the glass was not shattered to pieces however by good luck it escaped and i set the frame up again very carefully but now i know the trick of it i could remove it without the smallest difficulty and we might go in and out as we chose 
i cannot resolve on attempting so mad a project but you know isabella one may talk of things without intending to do them supposing now that we had removed the buffet and got into his room could we put it in its place again and yet come out by the same door so as to leave him no reason to suspect the mode of our entrance nothing could be more easy the door opens this way so that you might as easily set it right on one side as on the other well when the servant brings candles to my chamber tell him to let you know when the stranger goes abroad for my brother talked so slightly of his wound that i do not suppose it will occasion him any confinement and will you really go then why to tell you the truth i do long strangely to know whether this be indeed the man whom i entreated to defend me for if i have really been the cause of endangering his life surely isabella i ought in gratitude to provide for his good entertainment while he stays in my brother's house if i can contrive to do it without exposing myself to the risk of a discovery come with me we may at least go and look at the buffet and if i find it may be so easily removed as you promise me i will take care he shall want for nothing so long as i am his neighbour it will be a notable tale but what if he should tell it he will not isabella his conduct in my quarrel has already proved him to be a man of honour and of sense his honour engaged him to protect me and his good sense suggested to him such a mode of doing it as could neither expose himself nor me to suspicion from such a man i have no reason to apprehend any indiscretion for so many good qualities are never thrown away upon a babbler exeunt don manuel's apartment on one side the buffet on the opposite the door in the back scene an alcove in which stands his bed enter don john don manuel and a servant with lights let me entreat that you will retire to rest may assure you don john my wound is so slight that i am almost ashamed i mentioned it i thank heaven it is so for i should never have consoled myself had i purchased the pleasure of seeing you at the expense of any danger to yourself especially since my brother was the person who wounded you innocent as you must readily believe him to have been of any hostile intentions towards you he is a most noble youth i admire his spirit and his gallantry and i desire nothing more sincerely than his friendship enter don lewis followed by a servant carrying a sword with its scabbard and belt noble don manuel i come to renew to you my assurances of the grief with which our late unfortunate encounter has overwhelmed me and with that impatience which a master feels to discharge a servant who has mortally offended him to lay at your feet a sword which i can never wear again since it was the fatal instrument of your wound it would gladly plead to you on my behalf and its own but if you still retain any resentment on the subject of our late quarrel it offers itself to your hand as the ready minister of your vengeance don lewis i yield to your superiority in courtesy no less than in arms and i willingly accept your sword in the hope that worn ever by my side 
it may teach me to emulate the gallantry of its master. Henceforth, indeed, I shall consider myself as secure from every danger, since what enemies may not your sword suffice to repel? Don Lewis does well in thus expressing the esteem with which you have inspired him, but he almost makes me ashamed that I, as your host, have not provided better for your entertainment. You both overwhelm me with your kindness, and vie with each other in the honours you confer upon me. Enter Cosmo, laden with baggage. Oh, now may five hundred thousand demons come in the shape of so many fiery flying dragons and carry me away up the chimney, if I had not rather live in Galicia or Asturias saving the presence of all this good company than here at court why do you throw these things into the middle of the room take them away they may take themselves away if they will what is it you say i say what i say that he is a false knave and a traitor who makes any peace or alliance with his enemy of what enemy do you speak i am talking of the fountain yonder and what may be your quarrel with it why pray what business has it to stand in the middle of the street on purpose to molest innocent passengers there was i coming along so heaven laden with bags and portmanteaus that i could not see my way before me and soos i tumbled into the water and enough i had to do to get out again but i and my baggage are all so splashed and bemired that i am sure we are not fit to show ourselves in the house of any christian away fellow thou art drunk I wish I were drunk, with all my heart, for then I should be less disposed to quarrel with the water. I like very well to read in story-books about a thousand fine enchanted fountains that could change everything that came near them into some strange shape or another, but then I think to myself that if I were a conjurer in their neighbourhood, I should make bold now and then turn the tables upon them and change their crystal streams into wine." when he once begins prating he will go on for a twelvemonth if nobody silences him he is a droll fellow i only wish to ask him one question prithee my friend if you can read so well these books about fountains what occasion had you to persecute me so long to read your letter oh sir i only learned to read books and not letters a very ingenious answer i must entreat you not to attend to him you will soon know him better and perceive that he is only a buffoon mayhap gentlemen you mayn't like me the less for that so i humbly invite you all to a share in my buffooneries there is a visit which i particularly wish to make this evening and i believe it is not yet too late i shall expect you then at supper in the meantime, do you, Cosmo, open my portmanteaus and take out my clothes. But remember, I do not bid you wear them yourself. As you may wish to have your apartment locked, here is the key. Keep it yourself, and if you will leave it in the door in the morning, the servants will come in and put your room in order. At other times, no person will be able to enter it, unless indeed myself as I have a master key, in case of my returning home at a late hour. But I never trust that out of my own possession, 
so that your chamber will be safe from all intrusion since this as you may perceive is the only door aside he must not suspect that there is any other exeunt all but cosmo so here they have left me to myself and now first and foremost let me examine my own goods and see how much my genius and these light fingers of mine have picked up upon the road for at inns people don't stand upon trifles and look after every farthing as they do at home so it would have been a pity to let my wits lie fallow and cross my hands on my bosom when it was so easy to slip them into my neighbour's purse opens one of the portamentos and takes out a purse aha here you are my pretty little jewel here you are in good health and condition empty and hungry you set out from home but i have taken care you should have a good bellyful before you got to madrid suppose now i count my treasure no i won't neither i would be only losing time when this is gone it will cost me no greater pains to get as much more this now is my master's portmanteau and i must open it and take out his clothes in case he should come home and want them yet why should i give myself so much trouble because he bade me nay that is rather a reason why i should let it alone for what good servant ever did a thing the sooner because he was bidden no no i had better go upon my travels and see whether i can find in this town any charitable well-disposed christian who will sell a drop of good wine to save a poor thirsty soul from choking what sayest thou my little cosmo dost thou like this scheme ay marry do i like it then come along my friend cosmo and remember that ever while you live your master's pleasure must give place to your own exit the buffet is moved and donna angela and isabella enter from behind it you see that rodrigo gave us true intelligence the coast is clear i would not have ventured here for the world if i had not been sure they were all gone out you will allow that there is no difficulty in entering this chamber on the contrary i perceived that my apprehensions were entirely groundless for the door opens and shuts so easily that we do not run the least danger of detection but now pray madam what is it we are come here for why only to go back again don't you know that when a frolic enters a woman's head it is already half executed it would have been reason enough for my coming hither that you proposed it to me but yet indeed if this be the gentleman who so gallantly took my part i shall like to provide for his good entertainment while he remains under the same roof with me you see how handsomely your brother has fitted up the apartment for him here lies don Luis's sword upon this chair how came my writing-books here isabella your brother ordered me to place it here in case his guest should have letters to write and he had all these books too brought here for his use here are two portmanteaus on the floor and they are open madam suppose we see what they contain with all my heart though i do not imagine that a soldier who comes to ask favours at court can be very richly accoutred as they speak they take out the things they name and scatter them about the room what is that a bundle of papers 
be a do from ladies no i rather believe that they are law papers or something of that sort for they are sewed together and weigh very heavy oh if they were from a woman they would be light enough don't waste any more time upon them here is some of his linen is it scented it has the scent of being clean and that is the best perfume it possesses the three perfections of being very white very soft and very fine but look here madam what can this case of instruments be as you hold it i should take it for tooth drawers oh no those are his curling irons and the pincers for his mustachios item his clothes brush and his comb upon my word this guest has taken care to provide himself with everything he would not leave so much as his shoe last behind him how so because here i have it in my hand is there anything more oh yes item a second bundle of papers and they look more like love letters than the first set give them to me oh, this is certainly a woman's hand but there is something more than the letters here is a picture you are moved great beauty even in a picture must always engage attention i don't think however that you seem much pleased with finding it you are very silly there you need look no further what are you going to do now to write a letter to him and leave it in the room you may take the picture sits to write in the meantime i shall divert myself with seeing whether the man's wallet is as well filled as his master's what have we here a purse of money heavy enough but more copper than gold in it i must play a trick to this same lackey takes out the money and fills the purse with cinders from the stove i have finished my letter where do you think i had best put it that it may not be seen by my brother if he comes into the room suppose you lay it on the pillow and draw the sheet over it the stranger cannot miss finding it there when he goes to bed and in the meantime nobody else will think of looking in such a place that will do very well take the letter and hide it yourself isabella takes the letter into the alcove and returns now gather up all the things that we have scattered about bless me madam i hear somebody at the door then leave them all as they are and let us fly come isabella by your leave mr buffet exeunt as they entered enter cosmo now i have served myself methinks i feel in a better humour to serve my master but heyday who the devil has been tumbling our goods about in this manner a man might take this for an auction room do they intend to sell our things is anybody here nobody or at least if there is anybody he does not choose to answer me nay he is right enough as to the matter of that for i don't much care myself to answer interrogatories bless my heart if i don't tremble every limb of me and yet after all i need not be so frightened if this emptier of portmanteaus has but let my money alone if he leaves me that he may toss about everything else he chooses but what do i see as i live he has changed it all into cinders oh fairy goblin or whatever else thou mayst be 
the money that thou givest, dispose of it as thou wilt, but how canst thou plead any right to what I steal? Enter Don John, Don Lewis, and Don Manuel. What are you making all this noise about? What is the matter? What is it that has happened to you? Speak. A pretty business on my troth. Oh, sir, when you keep a fairy for an inmate in your house, why would you be so cruel as to invite my master and me? I left the room only for a quarter of a moment, and when I came back I found all our clothes pulled out and scattered on the floor, just as you see them. Is anything missing? Not that I perceive, except my money that I kept in this purse, and the fairy has changed it all to cinders. I see what he is at now. What foolish jest is this that thou wouldst pass upon us? Was there ever anything so insipid and ridiculous? Ill-chosen and impertinent. I promise you it is no jesting matter. Be silent. This is one of your usual tricks. Very well, sir. But one of my usual tricks is to be in my senses. Good night to you, Don Manuel. I hope you will sleep undisturbed by my fairy lodger. But you had better advise him, when he makes his next visit to your servant, to choose more proper subjects for his wit. Exit. It may be a fortunate thing for you, sir, that you are endowed with so much valor, if you think it incumbent on you to draw your sword in every quarrel in which this fool may involve you. Exit. Do you perceive to what treatment you expose me? Everybody takes me for an idiot, because I bear with your absurdities, and let me go where I will. I find myself insulted and ridiculed on your account. But, sir, the gentlemen are gone now, and you can't suppose that I am jesting when you and I are alone together, for there would be no pleasure in making a fool of one's own father if there was nobody by to laugh at it. I wish the devil may fetch me if it is not all true that I've been saying, and if all this litter had not been made by the very hobgoblin I have told you of. You think that by persisting in your story you shall excuse its impertinence? But I desire I may hear no more of such nonsense. Gather up the things, and assist me to undress. I wish I may row in a galley, if— Peace, rascal! You had better have done with this, if you do not wish to provoke me to break your head. I am sure if you should do such a thing, nobody would be more sorry than I. Well, well, since it must be so, I'll even fill the wallets again and hold my tongue. I wish the things would come as I called them, for it is a plaguey deal of trouble to put them all in their right order again. Don Manuel, who had entered the alcove, returns with a letter. Cosmo, bring me a light. Bless my heart, sir. Have you met with anything? I was opening the bed, Cosmo, and I found this letter on the pillow. The superscription of it is still more extraordinary than the place where it was laid. To whom is it directed, then? To me, but very strangely. How so? You shall hear. Reads. I am for Don Manuel. Let no one else presume to touch me. Heaven send that you mayn't be obliged to believe my story now, whether you will or not. Oh, don't open it, sir. Don't open it, as you value your life till you have had it exercised. It is not fear, Cosmo, which withholds me, but admiration at a circumstance so new. 
but perhaps the contents may explain the mystery. Opens the letter and reads, If I am solicitous to learn the state of your health, that is no more than is becoming in her, who was the occasion of your danger, and who thinks of your wound with equal affliction and gratitude. I entreat, therefore, that you will satisfy me on this point, and command my best services, leaving your answer in the same place in which you find this paper. But remember that the most inviolable secrecy must be observed, since the day on which you shall speak of me to either of your two friends will be the last of my honour and of my life. Wonderful. What is wonderful? Why are you not astonished? No, certainly. On the contrary, I now begin to understand the whole business. What do you think about it, then? I think it is very clear that the lady in the veil, who was flying in so much terror from Don Lewis, must have been his mistress. His wife I should have thought her, had I not known he was a bachelor. However, she must certainly be on such terms with him as to have free admission into his house, and with that supposition all the difficulty ceases. Very ingeniously accounted for, yet it does not quite satisfy my fears. Supposing that this personage is Don Lewis's mistress, and I give you joy, sir, of your good fortune, pray how could she, unless she were a witch, divine beforehand all that was to happen in the street, so as to have this letter ready, written, and laid in your bed, to fall so pat into your hands at this very moment? I do not imagine she wrote it till after our meeting in the street, and she may have employed one of the servants to convey it hither. But how could that servant have got in here any more than herself? For I'll take my oath that nobody has been in this room since you left it, excepting myself. If she made haste, and wrote it immediately on parting from us, there was time enough to send it here before we reached the house. Very well. You won't persuade me, however, that there is not something more in the business. These things were not scattered in this manner without hands, and I'd lay my life on it, whatever it might be that brought the letter, that same it was that emptied our portmanteaus. See if the windows are fastened. With bolts and bars. You increase my perplexity. A thousand suspicions present themselves to my mind. And what is it you suspect? I cannot exactly say. But what do you intend to do? Oh, I shall answer her letter in such a manner as shall express neither fear nor astonishment, and I shall try to engage her in a correspondence till something farther shall transpire, for it seems impossible that many letters can pass between us without leading to a discovery of the manner in which they are brought and removed. And shall you give no account of this affair to the gentlemen of the house? Undoubtedly, not under any consideration. Do you think I would run any risk of injuring a woman who places so much confidence in me? Then you don't mind injuring the man whom you suppose her lover? I shall respect his honour and my own, but I will not betray her. Well, sir, you may think as you please of this business, but for my part, the more I hear of it, the more I am confirmed in my own opinion. And what may that be? Why, look you, sir, you see with your own eyes that papers go and come, 
and with all your penetration you can't guess which way they get in. Now how am I to suppose that this all can happen, unless something more than flesh and blood has a hand in it? Perhaps there may be some concealed entrance to the chamber, which we cannot discover. I could rather believe, Cosmo, that the whole was a dream, or that some sudden malady had disordered my senses, than that, in an affair like this, any supernatural power had interposed. What? Do you deny, then, that there are such things as fairies? Nobody ever saw any. Nor familiar spirits? All fabulous. Will you allow that there are any witches? I have still less faith in them. Any sorceresses? No. Any succubuses, then? Nonsense. Enchantresses? All equally false. Magicians? No such thing. Necromancers? What stuff! Hobgoblins? I believe you are out of your senses. Now I am sure I shall have you. Will you deny that there are such things as devils? I deny that it is permitted to them thus to correspond with men. Well then, are there any souls in purgatory? Who write love letters to me? Your absurdity is insupportable. Leave me. I am weary of these fooleries. But after all, sir, what is your determination? To watch day and night till I can unravel this mystery, undismayed by the terrors of all the fairies and goblins in the universe. You won't put it out of my head, however, that the devil is at the bottom of it still. Ah, sir, I warrant you he could blow you a letter down the chimney as easily as you would take a whiff of tobacco. End of Act One Act Two of The Fairy Lady by Pedro Calderon de la Barca, translated by Henry Richard Vassal Holland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two Donna Angela's Apartment. Enter Donna Angela, Donna Beatrice, and Isabella. Your story is a very strange one. Oh, don't call it strange till you have heard the end of it. Where did I leave off? You told me how you got into his chamber through the concealed door, and how you left a letter for him, and you said that the next morning you found... His answer, very true, and you never read anything half so gallant and delightful. He adopts the style of the knight's errand, to whom such adventures as this were always very common, but he writes heroic so gaily... I shall positively hate you, Beatrice, if you are not charmed with his letter. Now you shall hear it. Reads. Most beauteous and adorable lady, whoever you may be, who thus generously compassionate an unfortunate knight, and would pitifully assuage his afflictions, I entreat you that you will vouchsafe to reveal to me where I may go in quest of that miscreant traitor or perfidious pagan who now detains you captive in his enchanted bower that being already recovered from the wounds which i received in our former combat i may a second time enter the lists against that haughty foe as the champion of your honour nor shall the cruel fight cease till one of us shall fall for to a loyal cavalier a death so glorious would be more sweet than life 
may he who gives the light preserve you and not abandon me the knight of the fairy lady indeed his style is excellent and the enchantment he talks of is very suitable to the adventure i had expected to receive a letter full of nothing but wonder and curiosity but when i found he treated the affair with so much ease i was determined to carry it on in the same manner so i wrote him an answer and proceeded take care how you proceed any further for here comes your brother don john oh he comes i suppose like a true lover as he is to congratulate himself on the felicity of seeing donna beatrice at his house and having so happy an opportunity to entertain her if i must confess the truth perhaps i may not be very sorry for it myself enter don john the vulgar proverb says that it is an ill wind which blows nobody good and i am sure i have at present great reason to be of such an opinion i have understood lovely beatrice that some difference which has arisen between your father and yourself has occasioned you to honour my house with this visit and though i ought to be sorry that i should owe my happiness to any circumstance which gave you pain yet the pleasure of seeing you is too great to suffer me to feel regret even for your uneasiness you are most welcome hither and though we can offer you no accommodation which is not unworthy of you yet i trust that your friendship for my sister will induce you to excuse our deficiencies and that her merits and her attachment to you may in some measure compensate to you for the faults of your lodging i am at a loss what answer to return to offer so obliging it is true that i have had the misfortune to incur the displeasure of my father and you don john are the occasion of it for he discovered that i spoke with a gentleman last night from my balcony and not suspecting you to have been the person he sent me hither to remain with my cousin till he should have time to inform himself farther and indeed i thought myself fortunate in his determination since whatever subjects i may have for anxiety i cannot be otherwise than happy in your house and in the society of a friend so dear to me and of such infinite merit as dona angela you really are both very obliging to say such fine things of me however i will not trouble you with many acknowledgments for i know you only intend them for one another i have occasioned you a great deal of trouble sister with my guest is it to revenge yourself that you have chosen this lady for yours certainly on purpose to put you to the expense of entertaining her i will readily submit to such a punishment as that going whither are you going don john to provide for your accommodation beatrice for nothing but my wish to serve you could prevail on me so soon to leave you you had better not detain him may heaven preserve you from all evils exit yes he has occasioned me trouble enough with his guest and such trouble as i believe will last me to my life's end but however it is some comfort to know that his heart is as restless upon your account and that so far as relates to our guests we are tolerably even with each other you were in a great hurry to send him away 
i should have been angry that you would not suffer me to enjoy his company a little longer if i did not feel a real anxiety to know the end of your story well then not to tire your patience a great many more letters have passed between us such on his part at least as might command the highest admiration and even in that burlesque style the compliments he pays me have an air of seriousness which inclines me to believe him very much in earnest in his gallantry but what is it possible he can think of you oh he has persuaded himself that i am don lewis's mistress which he very clearly infers from my extraordinary care to conceal myself from that noble youth and from the probability that i possess some secret keys belonging to the house there is only one thing in this business which puzzles me what may that be how you can have contrived to escape detection from a man whose curiosity your letters must so strongly have excited and who must certainly have been on the watch whenever he has had reason to expect that he should hear from you isabella has engaged one of the servants to let her know when he is out of the way and neither she nor i have ever ventured into his room but when we have been certain of his absence from home at this present time i have been waiting a whole day for such an opportunity and now i think of it isabella mind you carry him that basket the first possible moment another difficulty occurs to me how can you suppose him to be a man of such extraordinary talents when he has not been able to find out so simple a thing as the door by which you enter did you never hear of columbus and his egg how when all the greatest philosophers had vainly exercised their wits to make it stand upright upon a jasper table he succeeded at once by only giving it a little blow believe me there are many things which till they are known appear incomprehensible though once found out they seem within the reach of the most ordinary capacity may i ask you one more question as many as you please then pray what do you propose as the end of all this that is more than i can tell you i should say i meant no more than to show my gratitude and to divert myself a little in my melancholy retirement if my conscience did not fly in my face and contradict me for in good truth i am afraid he has already a greater interest in my heart than he ought to have and if i were not ashamed i would confess that i shall not be satisfied till i have seen and spoken to him face to face what would you let him know who you were heaven forbid nor indeed if i were so mad do i believe that i should easily persuade him to anything which he could deem injurious to the honour of the friends who have received him into their house for i can plainly perceive that the mere apprehension lest i should be the mistress of one of the brothers makes him hesitate whether he ought to continue his correspondence with me no no cousin i shall not expose myself by any such imprudence how then can you contrive to have an interview with him only listen and you shall hear the most ingenious of all imaginable devices by which i shall neither run any risk in entering his apartment nor shall it be possible for him to discover where he is when he comes to mine stay madam here comes your other brother don lewis you shall hear it all by and by our inclination must certainly be influenced by the stars or else when two men possess nearly equal merit we could not in one be displeased with what pleases us in the other pray 
let us retire for i would rather avoid speaking with don luis going enter don luis wherefore would you leave the room madam for no other reason than because you enter it do you consider me as an enemy that thus as hastily as the sun flies the approach of night you would withdraw from my view the lustre of your beauty forgive me if i am guilty of so much discourtesy as to detain you for yet a few moments i will not ask you to listen to me for i know you would refuse it but while your rigour banishes all hope from my breast the passion with which you have inspired me seems to increase as if it gloried in my torments alas fair beatrice would to heaven you could teach me to hate if you will not learn of me to love you surpass all women in cruelty as i exceed all men in constant affection disdain has fixed its eternal abode in your heart and tenderness in mine you really sir lament your misfortunes so eloquently that it were unnecessary for me to return you any thanks for the compliments which fall to my share in an oration which they so greatly embellish you use me so ill madam that you provoke me to forget the respect i owe you i would not willingly utter reproaches which might offend you oh pray sir say whatever you please for i dare say you will turn it very prettily going he detains her if you thus reduce me to despair i will at least avenge myself by forcing you to hear my complaints unhand me sir i will not hear you breaking from him cousin do you detain him exit how little spirit you must have brother if you can persist in courting a woman who treats you after this manner alas dear sister what can i do forget your passion for her love requited with aversion is a torment worse than death exeunt donna angela and isabella but how is it possible to forget her let her be kind to me and my passion may subside but in the present storm which agitates my soul she fills my every thought nor while she thus fires me to fury can i control the emotions which distract me exit another apartment enter by different doors don luis and rodrigo whence come you sir i know not you seem disturbed may i know the cause i have been talking with donna beatrice you need say no more i can see from your face how she treated you but where did you meet with her the tyrannus is come to be for a few days my sister's guest lest the visitor we have already should not be enough to drive me mad i believe all my family have conspired to torment me i thought it was enough that my brother chose to invite don manuel and to take care what you say for don manuel is coming this way enter don manuel don manuel aside it is for me certainly for me alone that such wonders are reserved what means can i possibly devise to find out once for all 
whether this woman is Don Lewis's mistress, and by what artifice she has been able to carry on so strange a correspondence with me. Don Manuel. Don Lewis. Whence come you, sir? From court. I ask your pardon. It is indeed superfluous to ask a man who has business in that quarter whence he comes, or whither he goes, for all his paths as necessarily terminate in one point, as rays in their centre. My visits to court would not take up so much of my time, but for his majesty's frequent removals. He is gone this evening to the Escurial, and it is absolutely necessary for me to follow him thither to-night, because I have some dispatches of great importance to communicate to him. If I can render you any assistance, I hope you will command my best services. I am infinitely obliged to you. You may assure yourself I do not speak thus out of compliment. I am fully persuaded of your friendly disposition towards me. I should indeed sincerely rejoice in an opportunity to forward your affairs. Aside. For then we should be the sooner rid of you. But it would be extremely unfair were I to engross the time of a young man like you, who undoubtedly must have many engagements much more agreeable than my dull business. Then you did not hear what I was saying to Rodrigo as you came in? If you had heard me, you would have been convinced that my engagements were not of a very agreeable nature. How so? I was lamenting the cruelty of my destiny, which, to the tenderest passion, denies me any other return than disdain. You represent yourself as being singularly unfortunate alas sir i love a lady whose rigour is equal to her beauty you cannot surely be in earnest a man of your figure and address has seldom occasion to complain of the cruelty of the ladies i would to heaven i could say so but indeed my unhappiness is such that she whom i adore flies from me as if i were some frightful monster nay to give you an instance of the abhorrence she bears me when i would lately have followed her in a transport of love and jealousy she employed a third person to detain me until she should have effected her escape judge from this circumstance whether any man had ever more reason to complain of fate than i have exeunt don luis and rodrigo what further evidence can i desire a lady who flies from him and employs a third person to detain him while she effects her escape could he possibly describe more accurately my first adventure with the fairy lady however if he has cleared up one doubt for me he has left me another she certainly is not under any engagement to him as i apprehend for he could not complain thus of her cruelty if he had her in his house but then if she is not his mistress and does not live with him how is it possible she can carry on such a correspondence with me? I don't know what I am to think of it. The devil's in the woman, I believe. Enter Cosmo. Pray, sir, can you tell me what's become of the hobgoblin? You have not seen him in this part of house, have you? If I could but be sure he was here, I might go in safety elsewhere about my business. Don't speak so loud. I have a thousand things to do in your chamber, only I can't go there. Why not? 
what hinders you i'm afraid and does it become a man to be afraid no sir it does not become a man to be afraid but he will be when there are spirits in the case have done with this nonsense and carry a light into my chamber for i have letters to write and papers to arrange before i go to this curial as i must do to-night i i know you don't like to hear about the hobgoblin i believe in my heart you are almost as frightened at him as i am only you won't own it blockhead i don't choose to hear such stuff because i have other things to attend to of more importance and even now in talking with thee i am losing time which i can ill spare carry up the candle while i go to take leave of don john exit i will sir i to be sure i ought to carry up a candle to the hobgoblin or he may take it ill if i leave him too long in the dark i believe there is one by the lamp but i must light it before i venture up oh that i were but once fairly out of this house mercy upon me how my heart goes pit-a-pat exit don manuel's apartment enter from the buffet isabella with a covered basket in the dark they're all gone out for so the boy assured me and it is a very good time to place this basket of linen where my mistress bade me bless my heart it is so dark that i am half frightened at my own footsteps heaven preserve me for i am all in a tremble i believe however i am the first fairy who ever commended herself to heaven why i can't find the buffet again how can this be i declare my fright has so confused me that i have lost all idea which way i should turn i don't know whereabouts i am i wish i could find the table what shall i do if i cannot find my way out and, and they come and catch me here we shall all be undone i am terrified out of my senses nay now i hear somebody opening the door without and i see a light coming this way it is all over with me for i can neither get out nor hide myself enter cosmo with a light most noble and reverend hobgoblin if haply your worship may be moved by the prayers of the most devoted of your slaves let me entreat your excellency not to honour me with your notice when you shall be disposed to play any of your gambols and that for four very sufficient reasons as he advances isabella slips behind him and walks close at his back the first is one that i very well know the second your reverence understands it the third requires no explanation and the fourth for the sake of the old song my lady fairy my lady fairy pity me now i pray i'm a poor little boy and i'm all alone and i ne'er was in such dismay isabella aside now i can see where i am again and he has not discovered me if i can but contrive to put out his candle i may slip out of the room while he goes to light it i should think fear must be an excellent musician for it can make sounds out of nothing 
As he looks round, Isabella gives him a sudden blow and extinguishes the candle. Oh, I am killed. I am dead. A confessor, a confessor. Isabella, aside. Now is my time to escape. Seeking the buffet. Enter Don Manuel. What's the meaning of this noise, Cosmo? What are you doing here in the dark? Oh, sir, we are both murdered, both I and the candle. The candle with a puff, and I with a box on the ear. It was the hobgoblin that did it. It is your own fear that puts such things into your head. Into my ribs, you should say, for I believe I've broken half a dozen of them in my fall. Isabella, aside. How vexatious is it that I cannot yet find the door? Don Manuel, running against her. Hey, Day, whom have we here? He catches hold of the basket. Isabella, aside. I am worse off than ever, for now I have the master to deal with. Bring a candle, Cosmo, instantly, for I have seized him, be he what he may. Be sure you don't let him go, then. I'll take care of that. Do you make haste. Hold him fast. Exit. Isabella, aside. I must e'en let him keep the basket. Leaves it in his hands. Thank my stars! I have found the buffet at last. Exit. Whoever you may be, you had better stand still and be quiet till the candle comes. For I swear I will run you through the body if you attempt to stir. But surely I have hold of something very light. This is nothing alive. What can it be? I am more at a loss than ever. Enter Cosmo with a candle. Now let's see how the spirit looks by candlelight. Why, what's become of him? Had you not caught him? What have you done with him? Where is he gone? What's the meaning of all this? I know not how to answer you. He has made his escape, and has left this basket in my hands. Well, sir, what will you say now to this adventure? You told me your own self that you held him fast, and yet you see him vanished away like a puff of wind. All I can say is that I suppose the person who possesses the secret of entering this apartment was tonight, by some accident, shut up in it, and to prevent a discovery put out your candle and gave me the basket, and so escaped in the dark. Which way? By the door which you had left open. I protest, sir, you have a mind to persuade me out of my senses. Why, I beheld him with my own eyes, by the light of the last sparks of the candle, after he had blown it out, and I could see very plainly that he was a hobgoblin. Aye, in what shape might he appear? In the shape of a friar, but as big as a giant, and with such a huge cowl upon his head that I believe he was a capuchin fairy. How wonderful is the creative power of a terrified imagination. Well, give me the candle. Let us see what this good friar has brought us. Take up the basket. I touch baskets that belong to the devil. Take it up, I say. I can't, indeed, sir. My hands are dirty with the snuff of the candle, and I'm afraid I should soil this fine taffety covering. You had better let it stand on the ground. It is filled with new linen, and here is a letter. Let us see whether the friar be a discreet penman reads there has not been time since your arrival 
to make up any more linen for you, but I am still at work in your service, as you shall hereafter perceive. With regard to your notion that I am the mistress of Don Lewis, I declare to you that I am not, nay, that it is impossible I should ever be such, and farther explanations I defer till our meeting, which shall take place soon. In the meantime, heaven preserve you. This fairy must certainly be a good Christian. It commends me so charitably to heaven. Did I not tell you that it was a capuchin? But it grows very late. Put into the portmanteau the things which I must carry with me, and take particular care you do not leave out this bundle of papers, which contains the whole of the business I have to execute. In the meantime, I will write an answer to my fairy. Gives papers to Cosmo and sits down to write. Cosmo, laying the papers on a table. I'll put them there that they may be at hand, and then I shall be sure not to forget them. But really, sir, before I go any farther, I must take so much time as to ask you one question. Do you still persist in denying that there are any such things as fairies? What ridiculous nonsense! Do you still call it nonsense? Why, you see yourself what strange things happen. How presents come to you out of the clouds, as I may say. And is it possible you can doubt about them any longer? However you may think as you choose on the matter, since you get nothing but good by the bargain. But as for me, who have only evil for my share, you must allow me to believe after another fashion. How do you make that out? Marry, sir, thus, if they pull about our baggage, you laugh to see the things scattered on the ground, and I have the trouble of putting them in order again. If they bring you letters and carry away your answers, they carry away my money and bring me cinders. If they present you with dainty sweetmeats, you eat them and grow fat upon them while I get none and pine away to a skeleton. If they give you shirts and waistcoats and handkerchiefs, they give me a box on the ear that might have beat out my brains if I had had any remaining. So that you see, sir, all the pleasure and the profit are yours, and all the trouble and the loss are mine, and I ought at least to have the consolation of thinking what I choose about the business. Come, make haste and put up the things, and let us be going. I shall wait for you in Don John's chamber. But, after all, sir, as the court is in mourning, you will want nothing but your cloak. Remember when you leave the room to lock the door, and put the key in your pocket. I wish I were not to go to-night, for this adventure has strangely confused my ideas. My head is more full of it than of the business I have to transact. But I must recollect, and in that business the honour of my family and my own nearest interests are involved, and that, to such considerations, all others give place. Exit Don Manuel, and after him Cosmo, who leaves the papers behind. Donna Angela's apartment. Enter Donna Angela, Donna Beatrice, and Isabella. In what a fright you must have been. That I promise you I was, madam, for if I had been caught, the whole mystery must have been unraveled. But it was very lucky I escaped. Nothing could have happened more fortunately. He will now be more than ever at a loss what to think of it, to find his prisoner vanished and the basket left behind. 
it will surely be enough to put him out of his senses if after all this i can bring about my interview with him in the manner i was explaining to you nay such an unaccountable adventure might have that effect on the most reasonable man to be led he knows not whither and then to meet with a lady so handsome so rich and so accomplished without being able to find out who she is nor where she comes from for all this is what you have planned and then to be blindfolded at coming in and going out what mortal wits could stand it i have everything in readiness and this very night should my scheme have been executed had not you been in the house do you distrust me then by no means dear cousin but you know very well my brothers are both so desperately in love with you that while you are here they cannot live out of your sight and it would be risking too much to receive my knight while they are coming every five minutes to my apartment don lewis comes to the door don lewis aside and not advancing <sighs> would to heaven i were but so far master of myself as to dissemble a passion which she treats with so much scorn let me at least compose my mind a little before i accost her i'll tell you how we may manage matters so as that without being at all in your way i may yet have the diversion of seeing what passes for i should be sorry to leave you without knowing the end of it how would you contrive it don lewis aside what can it be that they are whispering about together as softly as if they were afraid of the sound of their own voices listening let us pretend that my father has sent for me home again for if you can but persuade them that i am out of the house we shall be in no danger of interruption what does she mean this must be some plot against me while in the meantime i may remain here privately with you as long as i choose what do i hear and i shall enjoy that above all things but then if you should happen to be seen what shall we say to account for your return to this house pooh do you think our wits will fail us to invent some other story no that i will be sworn they will not by such a stratagem i may securely wait the end of this notable amour for certainly when i am hidden and all the people of the house are gone to bed he may come from his own room to yours without giving rise to any scandal now i understand the whole but too clearly and my jealous fears require no further confirmation she had always preferred my brother to me and now she has determined to crown his wishes by admitting him to a private interview it is to rid herself of me that she is about to feign departure it is from me that she will hide herself but by heaven she shall not so easily disappoint my vengeance let her seek what concealment she may i will detect her and if i cannot myself obtain her love i will at least disturb the enjoyments of my rival exit you have arranged the whole plan very cleverly so tomorrow we will announce your departure from this mansion enter don john my sister my lovely beatrice uh, it is long since we saw you if you think it so i am happy for i then may flatter myself that you have not been unmindful of me 
you suppose now don john that by such a compliment you shall excuse your having left me for so many hours but i assure you i am not so easily satisfied for i am disposed to believe that you stayed away because you were better amused elsewhere much rather than from any design to try how much your absence would be regretted do not accuse me thus beatrice for you know how impossible it is that any amusement can afford me an adequate compensation for losing one moment of your company but indeed i have been unavoidably engaged with my guest don manuel who has this night left madrid oh heavens what is the matter sister nothing only you know one is apt to start when one hears anything that gives one an unexpected pleasure if don manuel's departure can afford you so much satisfaction i am sorry it must be a very short continuance for he returns to me to-morrow morning donna angela aside then are my vain hopes revived i thought anything so troublesome as his visit could hardly be over so soon i cannot conceive in what respect you find it so troublesome but you and don lewis have taken some unaccountable fancy into your heads and set yourselves against him for no other reason i verily believe than because you know he is a friend of mine well brother that you may not accuse me of wishing on all occasions to cross your inclinations i won't stay to give you an answer for i know very well that while donna beatrice is here you would rather have my room than my company and i believe you will both find yourselves a great deal more eloquent if i leave you to continue your conference without me aside to isabella come with me isabella i have a mind to take advantage of his absence to venture once more into his chamber and steal away that picture which we found among his papers i know no business that any gentleman can have to keep the picture of another lady when he corresponds with me exit with isabella indeed don john i cannot flatter myself your protestations are sincere alas madam what can i say to convince you of their sincerity heaven is my witness that even were i capable of wishing to forget you i should find it impossible nay don john if your affection be involuntary i owe my obligation not to you but to the stars i should be more flattered by considering it as the effect of your choice than of your destiny for i might then assure myself that you esteemed me sufficiently to think me worthy of your love you cannot madam be so unconscious of your own perfections as to doubt the sense i entertain of them if you can say so you must suppose that i have much more vanity than yourself for were you acquainted with your own merits you would not be so ready to doubt of the impression they have made upon my heart my adored beatrice such flattering expressions from your lips must make me vain indeed transporting happiness your smile confirms my fondest hopes then in the possession of that happiness i must for the present leave you for it grows late but shall i see you in the morning do you ask if you shall see me rather ask if it can be possible for me to deny myself the pleasure of returning to you adieu my only love don john adieu 
exeunt severally the street night enter cosmo running pursued by don manuel knave scoundrel if i did not consider i do consider sir that i should dishonour myself by striking thee that you certainly would sir and do pray sir recollect how long and how faithful i have served you and that it is not in the power of a catholic christian to help himself if he happens to have a bad memory <laughs> there is no man living that could have patience with you to forget the very thing that was of the greatest importance and that i the most strictly charged you to remember nay sir that was the very reason why i did forget it if it had been of no importance at all i should have remembered it fast enough i do assure you sir it was because i wanted to take such special care of your papers that i laid them on the table by themselves if i had not done that then they would have been put up of course with the rest of your baggage it was lucky at least that you recollected them before i got to the end of my journey i felt as if there was something that was not as it should be and so then i thought and i thought till at last it came across me like a flash of lightning that i had left those plaguy papers behind tell the lad to wait with the mules we must take care not to make a noise to waken the family for by this time they must be all in bed and since i have the key i may very well let myself in and take my papers without disturbing anybody cosmo having gone out and returned i have told the lad but sir pray consider that you will do very wrong to go look for things in the dark you will be much more likely to make a noise besides how are you to see to find the papers unless you fetch a light from don john's apartment and do you really suppose i shall call up my friend and all his household at this time of night you need not raise any more difficulties you knave when all this trouble is occasioned by yourself when nothing can be more easy than to grope our way to the place where you laid the dispatches that's not the thing that troubles me for i know i can find out the place where i laid them but then open the door directly but then mayhap i mayn't so easily discover the hole where the goblin has hid them for the devil a thing do i put in one place but as soon as ever my back is turned away he whips it to another it will be time enough to ask for a candle when we can find the papers are removed without such a necessity i certainly shall not make so ungrateful a return to my kind host as to disturb his rest exeunt into the house don manuel's apartment enter from the buffet donna angela and isabella now isabella after having had the patience to stay till everybody in the house excepting ourselves is in bed and asleep we shall have an excellent opportunity to look for that picture step softly and take care you make no noise do you go back and shut my chamber door i left it open and if anybody should be stirring that might be observed well then madam pray wait for me exit isabella through the buffet the door of which she closes after her enter on the other side don manuel and cosmo in the dark i have opened the door sir tread lightly or if any noise is heard in this room the whole house will be alarmed i'm sure you can't say i'm afraid now sir methinks if the hobgoblin had any civility in him he would do well to give us some light donna angela speaking low likewise and not perceiving them 
I may as well take out the candle and look about me a little. She turns round a lanthorn, of which she had before held the dark side outwards. As I am alive, the spirit was never half so obliging before. Do you see how he brings us light at the very moment we want it? Now, sir, this is a proof how much better he loves you than me. For you he lights candles, and for me he blows them out. Heaven protect me. This must indeed be supernatural. Light produced thus instantly can be nothing human. Oh, you'll confess it then at last. I'm petrified. Almost am I disposed to retire. Thank my stars you are a mortal creature, and for once in my life I have the satisfaction of seeing you as much frightened as myself. Oh, yonder is the table, and there are papers lying on it. The light is moving towards the table. Can I believe my eyes? Am I in my right senses? You see how it guides us towards the very thing we returned here to seek. I may find some amusement till Isabella returns with looking over these writings. She takes the candle out of the lanthorn and puts it in a candlestick which she finds on the table, then sits down in a chair with her back towards Don Manuel and Cosmo. Hold, the light is clearer now and discovers to me everything. Never in my life did I behold so beautiful a woman. What am I to think of this? Wonders spring up around me like the hydra's heads, and multiply too fast to permit me even to number them. Heavens, what shall I do? Madame Fairy does not seem to be in any hurry. Look how leisurely she is drawing her chair to the table. Nothing earthly was ever half so lovely. Very likely for there's nothing earthly in her composition. The lustre of her eyes is far more dazzling than that of the light she bore. I suppose they serve for lamps in Lucifer's hemisphere. Her bright hairs seem rays from the meridian sun. Belike she stole them from him. Your fairies deal in such commodities. I never viewed such perfect beauty. Ah, you would not say so if you could see her foot. All goblins of this nature have cloven hoofs. On my soul, she is an angel. That's the very thing that I say too, an angel of darkness. What is she about? What can she be doing with my papers? I'll lay a wager she is sorting them for you. For to give the devil his due, this is a mighty painstaking fairy when your service is in question. Mercy upon me. How am I to act? I never felt myself a coward till now. Nay, I've had that pleasure. Many's the good time. The sight of this lovely creature has astonished and amazed my senses. My feet are riveted to earth, and my arm, unnerved, refuses me its service. Shall I thus give way to such emotions? No, by heaven, I will rouse myself. And if this be an enchantment, I thus will break the spell. Advances suddenly and seizes her by the arm. Whatever thou art, angel, demon or woman, thou shalt not this time elude my grasp. Donna Angela, aside. Alas, alas, his absence then was only pretended. He has outwitted me. In the name of heaven and all the saints, 
I suppose that must be the way to talk to the devil. Donna Angela, aside. But I will still dissemble. Tell us who thou art, and what thou seekest. Donna Angela, in a solemn voice. Most generous Don Manuel Enriquez, for whom an immense and inestimable treasure is reserved, forbear to touch me, forbear to approach me, lest thou shouldst lose the high and extraordinary fortune to which heaven designs to raise thee, through the favour of that destiny which protects thee, in conformity to the decrees of its immutable law i wrote to thee this evening that thou shouldst soon behold me foreseeing this our present meeting and from the good will i bear thee i have chosen the least terrific of the various forms which i have power to assume since therefore i have thus fulfilled my promise depart in peace and leave me here for the time is not yet arrived at which it may be permitted thee to know more concerning me to-morrow thou shalt hear farther but remember that thou must on no account disclose what thou hast seen to any mortal ear or thou wilt forfeit all thy future greatness depart in peace oh sir what would you desire farther will you not depart in peace when you are told twice over that you may don manuel aside as i live i am ashamed of the impression which these vain terrors have made upon me but if they have seized my imagination my reason is persuaded of their fallacy and will collect all my resolution and penetrate the mystery lady for that thou art more than mortal i shall not believe by all that is sacred thou shalt not escape me till thou hast told me who thou art by what means thou hast entered this chamber and with what intent thou camest hither nor will i wait till any future period for the explanation which at present i have power to force from thee if thou art mortal by human means if a demon by conjurations too holy and too strong to be resisted or know that my valour were incapable of fearing thee though thou shouldst assume the form of lucifer himself but thy substance is corporal and sensible to touch thou art therefore no devil but a woman and that's all one touch me not or thy rashness will be fatal to thee indeed sir mrs devil counsels you very wisely don't touch her for it will do you no good my sword shall decide thy nature if thou art a spirit no mortal weapon can have power to wound thee drawing his sword oh mercy mercy for heaven's sake forbear and do not kill an unfortunate woman for such i confess myself and if love be a fault it is a fault which deserves a less punishment than death pray drop your sword tell me then who art thou am i at last compelled to declare it must i relinquish all the projects i had formed but at least let me warn you of the danger i shall incur if i am seen or heard by anybody in this house for i am more than my appearance bespeaks me therefore lest any one should surprise us let me entreat you to secure the door and even the entrance of the antechamber that the light i bear may not be described by those without 
Bring the candle, Cosmo, that I may fasten the doors. Will you believe me now that it is a woman and not a hobgoblin? Did I not tell you they were all one? Exeunt Don Manuel and Cosmo into the antechamber. Oh, that I could escape! But Isabella has locked our secret door on the other side. How vexatious it is that I must be thus constrained to tell the truth. Enter Isabella from the buffet. Sst, madam, sst. You must make haste back. Your brother inquires for you. This is fortunate indeed. Let me out and be sure you fasten the door. Now all is safe. Exeunt. Re-enter Don Manuel and Cosmo. The doors are all secure, madam. Pray begin your relation. But, heyday, what is become of her? How should I know? Perhaps she has entered the alcove. Go before and light me. Oh, sir, I have more manners than to walk before you. I will search everywhere. Give me the light, I say. Nay, pray, sir, take it. Don Manuel takes the candle, enters the alcove, and presently returns. How cruel is my destiny! Well, sir, you can't say this time that the spirit went out at the door. Which way, then, could she go out? That's more than I can tell you, but I hope you will remember that I always maintained she was a hobgoblin. I will examine every corner of the apartment, and even look whether there is any crevice in the wainscot behind the pictures, any trapdoor under the carpet, or any hole in the ceiling. I see nothing that looks suspicious but that buffet. You may see plainly through the glass front that there is no door there. Search elsewhere. I don't like to pry into other people's affairs. I cannot believe that it was a phantom, for it was capable of fearing death. It was likewise capable of foreseeing that we were to return at this time of night. It rose like a spectre to our view, and the light it bore appeared fantastic. Yet, to touch, it was of fleshly substance. It trembled with the fear which agitates a mortal, and it was susceptible even of female terrors. Like an illusion, it vanished. Like a spirit, it passed away. By heaven, if I pursue the subject further, my imagination is bewildered. I know not what to doubt, nor what to believe. I am sure I know what to believe well enough. What? Why, that it was a lady devil, and that there is nothing at all wonderful in the case, when women are devils all the year round, if the devil for once in his life should have turned woman to be even with them. End of Act Two Act Three of The Fairy Lady by Pedro Calderon de la Barca, translated by Henry Richard Vassal Holland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three Donna Angela's Antechamber. Enter Don Manuel in the dark, conducted by Isabella. Wait for me in this hall. My lady will come to you presently. Exit, locking the door after her. A pretty kind of adventure this. Has she locked the door? That she has. Was ever man so situated as I am? On my return from the Escurial this morning, 
I found a letter from that fair wonder, that enchanted beauty, who brought me light last night, but that she might plunge my mind in deeper darkness. Let me once more peruse it. Takes out a letter and reads. If you dare visit me this evening, repair with your servant to the churchyard of St. Sebastian, a pleasant place for an assignation. There you will find two men waiting with a chair who will conduct you further. I obeyed the summons and was brought by obscure and intricate paths to a portal, dark and gloomy, where a woman received me and leading me through many apartments void of light, where I neither saw nor heard nor spoke, she conducted me hither. What will ensue? And what have they done with Cosmo? But I can discern a glimmering light. It darts through the crevice of a door. Looking through the keyhole. At last, love, thou art propitious. I behold the lady. How magnificent is the apartment! What lovely women! And how richly habited! The door is thrown open, and enter Donna Beatrice, Isabella, and several ladies, carrying napkins, sweetmeats, and liqueurs, all, as they pass, curtsy to Don Manuel. Last of all, enter Donna Angela, magnificently dressed. Donna Angela, aside to Donna Beatrice. Since my brothers believe you gone, we are secure from all intrusion. Donna Beatrice, aside to Donna Angela. But in what character am I to appear? In that of my maid, but afterwards you may retire and watch all that passes. To Don Manuel. I fear, sir, you are tired of waiting for me. By no means, madam, for he who expects the appearance of Aurora well knows that she must be preceded by the shadows of the cold and gloomy night. Yet such a night as I have passed was not necessary to enhance to my dazzled eyes the brightness of the morning which now breaks upon me. Or rather, let me compare charms so resplendent as yours to the meridian sun, or by any inferior comparison I should affront the lustre of your eyes. I am infinitely obliged to you, sir, for so elegant a compliment, and especially for so fine a string of similes. Yet I cannot myself perceive my own resemblance to any of the things to which you have done me the honour to compare me. The poets tell us of the smiles of Aurora, of the pearly tears of the morning, and of the fiery rays of the sun. Now I neither smile, weep, nor scourge. I am therefore nothing more than a mere mortal woman, such a one, however, as would not have offended so far against decorum as to receive a visit, in this mysterious manner, from any one of my male fellow-creatures, excepting yourself. I am, undoubtedly, much flattered by such an exception. But yet, madame, whatever satisfaction I may derive from the favour you do me, you must suffer me tell you that I feel more inclined to complain of you than to thank you. To complain of me? Pray, on what grounds? Because you do not place so much confidence in me as to tell me who you are. The only request I make to you is that you will never ask me that question, since it is impossible for me to give you the information you desire. 
if you have a mind to visit me sometimes it must be on the express condition that you restrain your curiosity and consider me as a riddle not to be explained for i neither am what i appear nor do i appear what i am so long as i shall continue unknown to you we may now and then meet and converse but should you discover farther concerning me you might chance to find that i resembled one of those pictures which is beautiful or ugly according to the light in which it is placed in one point of view i might seem to merit your love in another your aversion all i can tell you is that you are perfectly mistaken in your notion that i am the mistress of don lewis since i give you my word of honour to the contrary but why then madam were you so solicitous to escape his pursuit perhaps my rank may be such that i might fear some injury to my reputation if don lewis should have recognised me in a disguise inferior to my quality will you not at least tell me how you have gained access to the house in which i lodge neither is it yet time to disclose that secret to you donna beatrice aside it is time now for me to play my part advancing the sweetmeats and the iced liqueurs are ready my lady will your excellency be pleased to the ladies with the refreshments come forward was there ever such a simpleton impertinent girl how dare you call me excellency have you already forgotten my orders when i told you expressly that i did not desire to impose upon don manuel any belief that i bore so high a title i did not intend it indeed my lady don manuel aside so in one point at least they have let the cat out of the bag ay it must be so she is a woman of the most illustrious quality and as for her visits to my apartment her gold has purchased her admission there don john calling from without open the door isabella all start oh, what do i hear i shall expire i am petrified is fortune then not yet weary of persecuting me sir it is my father who is at the door what would you have me do there is no other way for me but to hide you till he is gone isabella conduct this gentleman privately to that distant apartment which you know of you understand me perfectly come sir don john without why don't you let me in heaven protect me for honour and life appear equally at stake exit with isabella don john without i will force the door if you keep me waiting here much longer do you too beatrice retire he must not find you here exit donna beatrice donna angela opens the door what can you want in my chamber brother that you come here to disturb me at this time of night enter don john bless me angela what is the reason that i see you thus magnificently dressed i thought the deep mourning i had worn so long only served to nourish my melancholy so as i was quite alone this evening i had a mind to put on some of my gayer clothes to try if it would raise my spirits a little ay fine clothes are generally a remedy for the sorrows of a woman since you had so excellent a consolation in your wardrobe i might have spared myself the trouble of coming to chat with you a little to entertain you 
nay do not be displeased brother at my folly in thus adorning myself you know it can be of no consequence what coloured gown i wear when nobody is to see me tell me is beatrice gone home yes her father had sense enough at last to discover the absurdity of his resentment against her so he sent for her back again and all is made up that was what i wanted to know perhaps if i walk under her window she will look out to me this is the usual hour of our conferences good-bye to you sister but do for heaven's sake pull off that gaudy dress for you know it is highly improper in you to wear it exit good-night brother anything to be rid of you enter beatrice lock the door after him beatrice we have got very happily out of that scrape so don john is gone in quest of me we had better retire into the inner chamber till the house is quiet lest our voices should be heard i have sent don manuel to his own apartment he will never find out where he is in the dark and we may have him here again as soon as my brother is fairly off if you succeed in the adventures of this night you will deserve to be called a fairy in good earnest don manuel's apartment enter in the dark don manuel and isabella from the buffet you must stay for a little while in this private chamber but take care you make no noise lest any one should hear you i will be motionless isabella aside i wish my fears may leave me sense enough to fasten the buffet rightly exit to what a variety of risks does he expose himself who blindly follows unknown guides and trusts himself in houses where he is a total stranger i know not what to think of this mansion except that it is at a great distance from don john's and that its owner is so noble as to bear the title of excellency what is coming now methinks i hear a door opened on the opposite side it is so and somebody enters the room enter cosmo i thank the fates i may come into this chamber to-night without being frightened for all it is in the dark for since my lord the hobgoblin is employed in running away with my master he can't have any business with me runs against don manuel ah oh, but he may though who are you what do you want whoever thou mayst be be silent or thou diest nay if that's the case i will be as silent as a poor relation at a rich man's table don manuel aside this must be one of the servants of the family who has entered this room by chance i will try to find out from him where i am tell me what house is this and who is its master speak low sir the house and its master all belong to satan himself for there is a lady living here called the fairy lady who is as it were the very devil incarnate ha huh. and who art thou i am a kind of serving man an it please your honour and i live here and i'm bewitched but who is thy master oh sir my master is a madman a blockhead a lunatic a numbskull a zany and he's in love with that same devil of a lady and what is his name don manuel enriquez heaven and earth 
and I am called Cosmo Catiboratos. Cosmo? Can it be thou? How camest thou hither? Dost thou not know thy master? Tell me, didst thou follow my chair, and didst thou enter privately to hide thyself with me in this chamber? Bless my heart, what can this mean? I am sure, sir, I never thought to have found you here. Did not you go boldly all alone with the people who came to the churchyard to fetch you? How came you back again so soon, then? And how could you get into this room when I am certain the key has never been out of my pocket? Why, what room is this? Lackaday, sir, your own, to be sure, unless indeed I ought more properly to say the devil's. Now, on my life, knave, thou mockest me, for but a moment since I was in a house at an immense distance from Don John's, and in no respect resembling it. Very likely you might be, by witchcraft, sir. But for all that I tell you the very simple truth. Would you persuade me out of my senses? Nay, you may very easily convince yourself. You need only step out into the antechamber, and you cannot miss of knowing every inch of your way. You say well. I will go and examine everything and be certain where I am. Exit into the antechamber. Oh, sir, where shall we find a clue to this labyrinth of wonders? Enter Isabella from the buffet. Hist, sir, hist. Worse and worse. This must be a snake by its sitting. My lord is retired to rest. What lord can that be? Enter Don Manuel. Don Manuel, not advancing from the door. It is my chamber, most undoubtedly. Is it you? Yes, it's I. Come with me, then. Cosmo was in the right. Don't be afraid. I shall lead you into no danger. Ah, oh, the hobgoblin has got me. Isabella takes Cosmo by the hand and exeunt by the buffet. Don Manuel, coming forward. Can you form no idea, Cosmo, how I can have been thus deceived? Why don't you answer me? Was there ever so foolish a fellow? Cosmo, Cosmo, mercy upon me. I touch nothing but the wall. Was he not here this moment talking with me? Whither, then, can he have been conveyed away thus quickly? I'm not certain he was here. I believe I shall lose my senses in good earnest. It is clear, however, that this room must have some other entrance. If I could but penetrate that secret, it shall be so. I will hide myself in the alcove, and not stir forth, till some circumstance shall occur which may lead to the discovery of my lovely fairy. Exit into the alcove. Donna Angela's apartment. Enter all the ladies as before, bearing lights and refreshments, and after them Donna Angela and Donna Beatrice. Now if Isabella will but make haste and bring him, we may have plenty of time for our collation, for I dare say my brother will spend half the night under your window, breaking his heart because you won't look out and give him a few kind words. This is certainly the strangest scheme. Are they not coming yet? I think I hear their steps. Enter Isabella, leading in Cosmo by the hand. Unhappy me! Where will they carry me? But what do I see? 
So many fine ladies waiting to receive me. What sort of adventure will this turn out? To be sure I can't be Cosmo now. What if I should be changed into Amadis of Gaul? Or perhaps I may be Don Belianis of Greece. I have brought him. Starting. But, heyday, what have I here? What? Are you frightened too, mistress? I'm sure my heart's in my mouth. What is the meaning of this, Isabella? Why, madam, I protest I never thought of finding anybody but Don Manuel in the room, where I had left him all alone. But I see I have made a sad mistake, and brought you the servant instead of the master. Your carelessness is inexcusable. Consider, madam, it was quite dark. Alas, alas, the whole will be now discovered. Don't let us be so soon discouraged. We may still carry on the trick. Cosmo? Cosmo, standing at a distance and trembling. My lady. Come a little nearer to us, Cosmo. I'm very well where I am, thank you, my lady. Come hither, don't be afraid. Oh, I'm not afraid, my lady. I am too valiant for that. Why do you stand so far off, then? Nay, if you put me on my mettle. Advancing a few steps. You see now, I'm not afraid. It was only respect. After all, I don't think one need mind Lucifer himself when he appears in the shape of a woman. How can I tell, indeed, but that I may have seen him in it already? Many's the good time and often. Only I did not find him out for his hoops and his farthingales. To be sure, nobody but the devil himself could have invented those same fardingales, and I must say that he and his imps are all mightily set off by them. Recollect yourself a little, and take some sweetmeats, and drink a glass of wine, for people are always thirsty when they are much alarmed. I'm not thirsty at all indeed, my lady. Come, remember that you will have at least two hundred leagues to travel before you get home again. A pleasant hearing. A noise within. Did not I hear somebody call? I think so. Who can it be now? How unfortunate I am. Don Lewis, within. Isabella. Heaven preserve us. Open the door. Must I always have a brother at hand to torment me? How shall we save ourselves? I fly to the hiding place. Exit into the inner room. I suppose this must be the true and lawful hobgoblin his own self. Do you come with me? I come. Exeunt Isabella and Cosmo by the door through which they entered. Donna Angela opens the other door. Enter Don Lewis. What do you want in my apartment? My troubles render me too restless to stay in my own. Aside. I know Beatrice is still in the house for I saw the chair standing behind a curtain, and my brother is not in his chamber. But what is it you want here? You know, my room is under this, and I thought I heard footsteps over my head, so I only came up to undeceive myself by seeing that you had nobody with you. Opens the door and discovers Donna Beatrice. How, oh, Beatrice, are you here? Enter Donna Beatrice. I am here, indeed, for I found my father. I found him still angry with me, and so I, 
I was obliged to return. You both seem much confused. Hey, day, what have we here? Plates and glasses and sweetmeats. And what is it to you what women have for their supper when they are by themselves? Isabella makes a noise behind in removing the buffet. What noise is that? Donna Angela, aside. I shall expire. On my life, there is more in this business than I thought. It cannot be my brother who hides himself from me in that dark passage. Hell and furies! While I sought the satisfaction of my jealousy, am I doomed to find the ruin of my honor? Takes a light and rushes into the passage. Ah, Beatrice, I am lost if he finds him. We are safe if Isabella has but lodged him in his master's chamber, for Don Luis will never discover the secret of the buffet. But what if Isabella in her fright should forget to fasten it? You must then have recourse to flight. I will even go and ask of your father that protection which I have afforded you. I am sure I can never stand in greater need of it. Exeunt. Don Manuel's apartment. Enter Isabella and Cosmo from the buffet. Go in there, quick! Exit. Don Manuel, coming forward from the alcove. Once more I hear something stirring in the chamber. The buffet being only half-closed, Don Lewis appears behind it with a light. I am sure I had a glimpse of a human figure. Lackaday, here's a light coming. I don't like the looks of this adventure. I believe I had better creep under the table. Goes under the table. How comes this door to have been unclosed? Enter Don Lewis. Who comes here? Don Manuel. Don Lewis, what means this? The affair seems more confused than ever. Traitor! Perfidious guest! Unworthy the name of a gentleman! Since thou canst thus ungratefully requite the friendship and hospitality of him who has received thee beneath his roof, by base attempts upon the honour of his family, draw and defend yourself. Yet hope not to escape the chastisement thy crimes deserve. I draw, and will defend myself. Yet gladly would I first know of what I am accused, for such is my astonishment at the opprobrious language in which you have accosted me, that, without further explanation, I must either suppose you have lost your senses, or myself to be deprived of mine. This is no time for parley. I only request you to declare your meaning, since it may then be in my power to satisfy you. And of what satisfaction do you talk? When you have had access by yon concealed door to the chamber of that perfidious woman, can such an injury admit of satisfaction? I will readily open my bosom to your sword, Don Lewis, if I ever knew or imagined there was a door in that place, or communication with any other apartment. Then why do I find thee shut up here, alone and without light? Don Manuel, aside. What shall I say to him? I was waiting for my servant. When I saw thee hiding thyself from me, which thou have me disbelieve the evidence of my eyes? Yes, for all of the senses the sight is the most liable to be deluded. 
and if my eyes were false am i to suppose that my ears deceived me likewise no less then all were false and thou thou only true thy word alone is to be credited and thou hold don lewis nor urge too far my patience i must not hear what thou wouldst rashly utter nor should i have borne so much from thee already but that i respect the laws of friendship and hospitality but since in thy blind fury thou wilt receive no answer but from my sword let our quarrel be decided in a manner which befits our mutual character here i place the light that the advantage may be parted equally between us and that we may be secure from interruption do thou make fast the door which gave the entrance while i lock the other and throw the key on the floor that whichever of us shall prove the survivor may take it up and immediately escape locks the door and throws down the key i will place the table against this buffet lest any one should attempt to remove it from the other side lifts the table and discovers cosmo so the plot is out whom have we here nobody how vexatious is this accident tell me don manuel is not this the servant for whom you were pleased to say you waited it is no longer time for questions and replies it suffices me to know that i have justice on my side think of me therefore as you choose for the sword once drawn victory or death alone can terminate the contest come on then why do you not advance is there anything else to be waited for you wrong me much if you harbour any such suspicion of me i was considering how i should dispose of my servant for if i turn him out of the chamber he may alarm the family and we shall be interrupted yet i cannot retain him here lest it should appear that i fought with advantage since if he saw me in danger he would naturally place himself at my side who i sir not i indeed sir there is a door to the alcove you may shut him up there and we shall again be on equal terms you advise well good luck good luck that you should take all this trouble about me if you wanted to make me fight indeed it might be no more than was needful but to make me let it alone in good truth you might spare yourselves the pains don manuel locks him up in the alcove now we are alone now then have at you they fight i never met with a better swordsman i have never encountered a stronger arm don lewis's sword is broken don manuel i am without arms my sword is broken that is an accidental misfortune and no impeachment of your valour go seek another weapon you are no less courteous than brave aside fortune what am i to do in this emergency he robs me of my honour yet nobly gives me the life which i have no longer means to defend what is the return i owe him i will seek some pretext to gain time for deliberation why do you delay to fetch a sword i go for it await me here for i shall soon return whether it be soon or late you shall find me in this spot 
Adieu, Don Manuel. Unlocks the door and exit. Adieu. I will lock the door after him, lest in the interim any other person should intrude. Locks the door and takes out the key. What confused ideas crowd upon my mind. I always thought there must be some private door by which she entered, and I was sure she was Don Lewis's mistress. And now the event has proved that I was right in both these suppositions. But when are we deceived if we expect the worst? Cosmo within. Oh, dear sir, for the love of heaven, pray let me out. Now you are all alone. For I am dying with fear that the hobgoblin will come to me here in this dark hole where you have shut me up and carry me off in his clutches. I will let thee out, for my own thoughts are so painful to me that I shall be glad to have them interrupted, even by thy fooleries. Don Manuel takes the candle, unlocks the door of the alcove, and enters it. The door of the chamber is at that moment opened by Don John with his master key, who pushes in Donna Angela and himself remains at the door. I tell thee, thou shalt remain a prisoner here, nor will I suffer thee to enter thy own apartment, till I shall first have alone repaired thither, and informed myself from thy woman without interruption from thee. What cause could have led thee at this time of night into the street? Aside. In case Don Manuel should come home, I will place a servant without to request him, in my name, not to enter this chamber till my return. Exit. Oh, me, wretch that I am! My misfortunes succeed each other so quickly that I see no hope of escape. Enter Don Manuel and Cosmo. Do pray, sir, make haste out. What can you be afraid of now? Why, sir, I know very well that that woman was the devil, and I dare say she has not done with us yet. You will see we shall have her here again before the night is over. Well, but when the mystery is already so far cleared up, when we know that this chamber has two doors, that one of them is locked, and that the other has the table set against it, by what entrance do you suppose she is to find her way in now? By any one she may choose to make. What a foolish fellow thou must be. Cosmo, seeing Donna Angela. Mercy upon me, there it is. What is there? The devil, sir, saving your presence. Woman, what art thou? Art thou not some shadow or illusion of the senses sent hither for my destruction? How has it been possible for thee to enter now? Alas, Don Manuel, my concealment is now at an end. My life is forfeit unless your generosity shall preserve it. Listen to me and I will tell you everything. My attention is riveted to your discourse. Ah, oh, me! What woman but myself had ever her secrecy to accuse as the source of her misfortunes? Had I pursued a conduct less mysterious, I had never been reduced to this extremity. Had you known that I was the sister of Don John and Don Louis? Their sister? Can it be possible? I have never heard Don John speak but of one sister, and she was married and settled at a distance from the capital. She was, but now she stands before you, a widow in her earliest years. And are you then, madam, 
i am the person whom you delivered from the pursuit of don lewis and who has since by such various ways excited your curiosity and wonder but i may not have time now for a fuller explanation only rest assured that excepting in my correspondence with yourself i have never in the slightest instance deviated from the conduct becoming a woman of my birth and station just now when the fury of don lewis again terrified me and i would have flown for refuge to the house of a noble friend i was met in the street by don john he had seen me issue from his house and refused to let me pass till i had declared to him my name it was impossible to conceal myself he seized me and believing you abroad he brought me hither and left me as a prisoner till he should have informed himself further of the cause of my flight which my terror deprived me of all power to excuse but my fears are calmed don manuel since i behold you it is for your sake that i am exposed to the dangers which i too justly dread from my incensed brothers they think i have dishonoured them but you know my innocence if i have been guilty of any indiscretion may i not hope to be excused by you when my first motive was the gratitude i owed you and when since i have better known your merits i have found myself still less able to resist the dictates of a sentiment which only the extremity to which i am reduced could impel me to confess pity my tears don manuel protect me and save me don manuel aside heavens what am i to do in circumstances so strange and unexpected if i stand forth in her defence may not don john proclaim me to the world as a traitor who has basely repaid his hospitality by the seduction of his sister if for my own justification i accuse her by betraying her honour i forfeit my own more justly if i protect her from her brothers i am a false friend if i deliver her to them can i bear the thought of thus requiting her love so generous a love and from such a woman no that were impossible to donna angela fear nothing madam i am a gentleman and you have thrown yourself on my protection don lewis at the door don manuel somebody calls sir tis don lewis returning with the sword admit him help me it is my brother entertain no apprehensions this arm shall defend you only stand back a little donna angela retires behind don manuel and cosmo unlocks the door enter don lewis i return sees donna angela but what do i behold ah traitress drawing his sword sheath your sword again don lewis into this chamber where i have stayed awaiting your return this lady entered by what means i saw not she is your sister and she has now informed me for on the word of a gentleman i knew it not before since we may see and converse with many persons yet be ignorant who they are but whoever she may be at the hazard of my life and soul i will conduct her to some place of safety which done i will return to renew our interrupted conflict therefore impede not my passage but as i permitted you to quit the chamber to fetch your sword 
let me go forth to discharge the duty which i owe to my honour i went indeed don manuel to fetch my sword but it was only that i might cast it at your feet in acknowledgment of your generous conduct you now give me however cause for a second quarrel which must be decided before we can proceed further this lady is my sister and in my sight shall no man lead her forth from this house but as his bride on that condition passage is free to you on any other to the last drop of my blood i will withstand it and could the guest the plighted friend of don john be capable of any conduct injurious to the honour of his family no don lewis learn to know me better while not influenced by your threats but by every motive which a man of honour ought most to revere i here offer my hand to your sister and shall deem myself most happy if she will deign to accept it gives his hand to donna angela enter don john and afterwards donna beatrice excuse me if my surprise at hearing voices in a room where i imagined i had left my sister by herself has detained me for a few moments at the door and given me the opportunity of hearing your discourse i can no longer conceal the joy it has occasioned me don manuel my sister is yours you are now my brother by alliance as you have ever been by affection nor is there a man in spain whom i should feel so proud to call by such a title nor am i so little interested in the concerns of donna angela but that i may also be permitted to express my satisfaction at this event beatrice do i again behold you in my house i never quitted it but you shall presently have everything explained to you if you can rejoice in the happiness of others do not i entreat you defer the completion of mine so thank heaven all is out now and we know who the fairy is at last and so gentlemen i hope you'll allow that i was not out of my senses as you all chose to suppose me when i told you i had seen her if you are in them now you may marry isabella for your pains that would rather be a proof that i had lost them outright besides sir i can't just at present why not because it would be throwing away the time which i ought to employ in paying my respects to these good gentlemen and ladies who have listened to us so patiently and in begging their pardon in our own name and our author's for all the faults which according to their judgment we may to-night have had the misfortune to commit end of act three end of the fairy lady by pedro calderon de la barca translated by henry richard vassal holland